Listener Production. Do you want 2023 to be the year you bring your dreams and desires into reality? As you may know, manifestation has been a big part of my practice for a long time now, and through my research and study, I have developed a manifestation course just for you. This course is broken up into six immersive audio modules with printable worksheets. I cover topics like unlocking your emotions so you can receive what you truly desire, understanding the quantum field and how to connect to it, letting go of control and resistance to set manifestation into motion and embracing and embodying gratitude in order to bring your dreams and desires into reality. This course covers all my teachings and I feel so honoured to be able to share them with you. Manifest Your Greatness is available for purchase at the shop tab at sarahgrimberg.com. Lee Harris is a globally acclaimed energy intuitive and author. His grounded, practical teachings focus on the expansion of your intuition and awareness to help you live a more heart-centred life. As an intuitive, Lee can tap into a deeper source of wisdom and over his decades of experience with this work, he has found that the biggest lesson is that each of us has a divine purpose and it is our greatest responsibility to fulfil it. In the conversation that follows, we discuss finding your authentic self and the shifts that come from that. And Lee does a live channeling for myself and for all of my Life of Greatness listeners that moved me to tears. The qualities of oneness are compassion, connection, inclusiveness. You know, you think of all of the parts of you that you feel when you're in a higher state, when you're more able to give and feel free and things are flowing. They say these are the qualities of oneness. I'm Sarah Grimberg, and this is A Life of Greatness. Through my years of studying and researching the connection between human behaviour, personal growth and transformation, I have discovered the keys to unlocking greatness within others. In this podcast, I share stories and experiences from my own teachings, along with conversations with inspiring guests to help you learn the simple tips, habits, practices and strategies to cultivate an extraordinary existence. Lee Harris is a renowned author and has a new book series out titled Conversations with Disease. In its essence, this discussion explores the essential elements of lasting change and how to cultivate the inner awareness and strength needed to create a positive impact in our lives and the world around us. This conversation is full of deep wisdom. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did recording it. Lee Harris, thank you for joining us. Tell me, I want to start at the beginning. How did you go from being a musician to channeling spirits? It's interesting. So I started hearing music at the age of 21 and I had always sung. I'd always loved being in choirs or shows when I was younger at school and stuff. And I loved music. I would listen to music incessantly. But at the age of 21, I started hearing music. I started hearing songs in my head with lyrics and always with full melody. And it was, to me, that was like, the biggest gift. It was like magic. And so what I did was I learned a few chords on the guitar so that I could get these songs down and kind of create a way to bring them to the earth, if you like. 
And I was just obsessed from then on that I, I was going to do music. And I felt really clear, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to use my voice. I'm going to take these things that I'm creating, bring them out to the world. That's what I want to do. I'm so grateful to all the singer-songwriters who have kind of saved me <laughs> in moments of darkness or feeling lost. But it was interesting that two years after that, I heard the voice of my guides and they have later told me that they got my attention first with music, that music was my first channel. And then two years later, I was ready for their words. And so I was someone who was very passionate about things like tarot readings, self-growth workshops, and I just got into Kundalini yoga. So I was really on a personal healing journey and a spiritual quest but channeling was something I'd heard about and I'd been taken to see a channeler. But I was a little, even though his information was great and he was a lovely man, I left there and said to the friend who'd taken me, I said, well, that was great, but why did he have to close his eyes and put on a weird voice? Why couldn't he have just told me that? Why did he have to? So, I, you know, I kind of understand the skepticism that people have about channeling, but it happened to me. And... Um, I was on the subway, uh, on the tube, the London underground going to work while I was working in fundraising for Greenpeace and a couple of other, you know, really good charities in the world while I was trying to get into the music industry. And I'd recorded, uh, I was about to record my first album, but boom, this voice just appeared in my head one day. And it started a personal conversation with my guides that lasted about six months where every day I would ask them questions and I would get answers from them that really shifted and changed my life and helped me to see things very differently from the personal to the bigger world events and experiences I was having. And eventually I told friends uh, who were spiritual and who were close and I would give them free readings. And that was kind of how it, how it began. And then it, it took about four or five years for a, the friend who was my kundalini yoga teacher who i'd helped to say you should do this for people you should offer this as a service you're working in a bar right now i'd left my job in fundraising i'd made my first album i was trying to get it into the music industry and um she said you should do this so i i earned 10 pounds an hour in the bar hmm. and so i i thought well i'll ask people for a 10 pound donation because it will take me about 90 minutes and so that will cover my time and you know i did it kind of on a dare to myself, because I didn't think anyone would come. And I did 60 readings in 60 days uh, for people who would share my email address. And they would send me three questions and I would channel about two to two and a half thousand words for them typed out and send it back. And so it was profound because people were asking me really intimate questions. I would often feel a lot of emotion when I would receive these things from them. And, and that's quite normal when you start. Um, it was a secret because no one in my family knew I was doing it. It was, it was like this secret kind of thing I had off to the side. So there was my personal journey with channeling. And then about five years later, it started becoming something that I would give to those who were interested as a, as a service. I've got a couple of questions. The first one is, how did you know that you didn't have multiple personality disorder? That's how I describe it because I say, you know, the first thought is, do I have multiple personality disorder? And my conclusion was, well, if I do, I got a really good one because this yeah. is useful. <laughs> it's not telling me to do destructive things. It's not, 
interfering with my life in a negative way. It's actually a voice of wisdom and clarity and love, but also straight talking. Like there were many times that they would tell me if I was wrong about stuff. You know, if I thought this is someone else's fault, they'd go, no, no, this is your fault. And here's why. But I never felt judged. I always felt like they wanted me to see in a bigger way. So it, it was a really interesting thing because I felt very at home with them and it felt very natural. My biggest concern was how it would be perceived in the world because we have been programmed to be skeptical. I mean, even I'm an example. I went to see that channeler and I was kind of pretty committed to the self-growth world and the spiritual worlds. Um, and that has been done unto us across the centuries. Um, that's been woven into the fabric of who we are, that we uh, disconnect from our soul and just live as only humans and follow human patterns and human behaviors. So for me, my test around it was really asking lots of questions and paying attention to the answers and seeing, did it help me? And all I knew at the time, and I knew very little about multiple personality disorder, but all I knew about that was it caused people problems. Mm. And what I was noticing was this was enhancing my life, my spiritual awareness, not protecting me from human lessons because they can't do that. None of us are here to avoid the human lessons and the growth we go through. But with listening to my guides, I was able to see and move through those lessons in an easier way. How come you first got into personal development work? What I now look back and I see, I was 16 years old, I was taken to a tarot reader and something about it just made sense to me. At that same age, the Oprah Winfrey show hmm. was what I would watch in the UK. And this was before Oprah really did celebrities. And yes. it was way before she did Super Soul Sunday. She had people in the audience talking about their feelings and talking about what they were going through. And I ate that show alive. And at the age of 10, I was taken to Weight Watchers. And then I was in and out of diet clinics, all my teens. And I eventually developed bulimia in my late teens. So... <laughs> I share that because what I realize when I look back now is I was eating my feelings and I was mm. eating and binging to, uh, in a way, try and regulate or calm my nervous system, which of course is a really bad idea when you eat five Mars bars in 20 minutes. Cause what happens is this <laughs> euphoric spike for about 15, 20 minutes, and then this almighty crash and the guilt and shame that is associated with that when you are a very overweight child mm. and you're experiencing how people are treating you because of that, which is often not very nice. So I had quite a tricky set of teenage years around my identity. And so it was interesting when I found tarot readings at 16 and then I started reading spiritual books, it was like a world opened to me. And I think often... And this is a, a, a pattern I've seen within, you know, the spiritual or self-growth field. We often are trying to escape our trauma or we go into spirituality as a way of soothing or getting away from our trauma. But if you're really paying attention and doing the work, there is a period of time where spirituality and self-growth work will hold you, will lift you up, will open and expand you. And then there comes a point when your soul goes, okay, now we need to come back into your human body and see how you're really integrating and applying all of this. Mm. And so for me, 
the spiritual and self-growth journey that was quite euphoric in con contrast to how I felt in my everyday life, that lasted about six, seven years. And then I got to that rubber meets the road place where it's like, oh, okay, I need to look at my fear. I need to look at my judgment. I need to overcome certain aspects of my personality. So I, I went into it because I needed to heal. But at the time, I don't know if I fully understood it in that context. I just knew it was a safe place, a place that made sense to me. And it was almost like it added oxygen to a life that I was feeling a little starved of oxygen mm. in. I think it's really interesting when people get into personal development work. And I know for myself, I got into it just over a decade ago. And like most people, it's due to a crisis, <laughs> so, mm -hmm. which is yeah. unfortunate because obviously we can all step into it at every time. And, you know, my hope for this podcast is people realise they don't have to be in crisis to get into personal development work. They don't have to have the dark night of the soul. But anyway, mine was due to burning out from overworking. But it's interesting because when you do get into that, it almost gives you such a new perception on life and one that you may never have known to exist before. And I know for me, it was just so unbelievably liberating and really changed the trajectory of my life because you start to know that life happens for you, not to you, and that you actually have a say in the way that your life turns out. You're not just reacting to everything and moving and the consequence of how life treats you. You can formulate it to a degree on how you want to live in mm. your best capacity, which is so liberating. It is. And it's funny hearing you say that I'm reminded and I, I don't know if you had this experience or, or listeners have, have this experience, but, you know, like many, I had that, oh my God, the world is so much bigger than I thought mm. about, I mean, I'm 47 now. So about 24 years ago, it, it was around the same time as the channeling was the same time I started going to self growth workshops. And it was interesting because I then tried to convince my parents to come and like, you know, people in yes. your life, who, you know, it, it's a classic, isn't it? You're like, yeah. oh no, no, it's really good. And of course the truth is my parents didn't want to go and it wasn't for them. And, and, it's, and, and now I would never, ever try and inflict that upon someone else. But it, it is a little bit like you feel like you discover a world that has been kept hidden from you. And yes. how I now see that is our souls have that in, in us. It's like little kids who haven't been traumatized at an early age or who have been raised to be open, you look at them and they're amazing. You know, they're these little sparks of light. Um, they do have egos because they, you know, they have tantrums and they get annoyed, but they're sparks of light. They're curious. They just keep running around and exploring everything. And then the way we get conditioned in society, we can lose that. So for me, it was a bit like reopening that door to curiosity, the curiosity about life that I see in all the people that I know who live with a form of spirituality or faith running through their life, mm. whatever that looks like for them, they're, they're present and they're, they're alive. And doesn't mean you don't have a tough day every now and then, or but, but you have a different way of approaching it. Like you said, things are happening for you, not to you, which is a complete perception shift for, for many of us when we first encounter it. Going back to your channeling that you do, you channel these group of beings called the Zs. And mm -hmm. I want you to tell us a little bit about them. But I first want to ask you, 
When you hear them, do they come in in your own voice? No, I don't actually. And that was the interesting thing because I had all these thoughts in my head and I know very well, you know, I'm 23 and I know very well, well, you know, a dark morning in my own mind felt yes. like, you know, like, oh God, this isn't good enough and I'm not good enough. And how am I ever going to, how's this going to work? And, you know, it was very easy for me to, to go into a, a mental downward spiral, which to me was never mental. It was always emotional. I always find it interesting that we call it mental health because I don't think it's mental health at all. I think it's um, mind and emotion in correlation mm. and, and how we res respond to those two. So I always think it's a little misleading that idea about mental health um, or that term. Mm. And so for me, it, it was interesting because when I, when I first heard them, I asked, I said, do you have a name? And they said, well, we're your guides. We don't have human names, but we know humans need names. So you can call me Zachary and I'm the lead spokesperson. And then over the next few years, I met a couple of others who would speak as well. And they gave the names Zachariah and Zyadora. So it was very interesting. It was very space age to me. I was like, wow, this is interesting. And then they, at a certain point in 2012, they said, we're just going to speak as one collective group again. But because I was publicly channeling from... 2006 to 2012, people who came to my workshops or listened to recordings, I would never know who it was going to be before. Sometimes I would, but it would be like, oh, this is going to be a Zachary channel. This is going to be a Zachariah channel. This is going to be a Zydora channel. Because they all had slightly different, if you like, personalities and mm. slightly different themes they worked on. So the people who came to my workshop started calling them the Zs or as we'd say in Britain, the Zeds, or it doesn't have such a ring to it. Yeah. So I heard, you know, I was coming to America a lot and doing workshops. And so the Zs is how they got their name, but they said, we're a group. They said, we're, we're a collective of 88 beings, but we can also speak to other beings in the universe. A bit like you think you're one individual, but you're not, you're a composite of all of the people who've influenced you, the lives you've had, who you're connected to at that moment in your life. You know, it, it's all a lot more permeable. So it took a minute for me to get my head around the idea that they were, I was listening to a group because, you know, I was used to thinking, well, yes, of isn't course. there one guide or one angel or, you know, but, but no, they were very adamant about that for me. And in a way they taught me a good lesson because it, it reminded me of how everything is group consciousness, but we just get into the illusion that we are this one individual, but we really aren't. We're so influenced by everybody, everything, mm. what the energy temperature of the place you live in that day is, you know, it's, so it helped me understand oneness a little bit more over the years, the more I understood my, my relationship to them. That's so beautiful. I want to tell you a bit about this experience that I had actually not long ago. You know, when you know that a voice, this is why I asked you about the voice, it came in my own voice and it, maybe it was just my higher self, but I was in this deep meditation one day. I've been having some dealings with somebody and out of nowhere, I just heard this voice say to me, he is no better than you are. And I'm like, <gasps> even though it came in my own voice, I was like, oh my God, that I was not thinking about that. Like, even though that mm -hmm. was a topic that was kind of playing out in my life, like a scenario at the time, at that moment I was in meditation, I wasn't thinking about this person and then boom. And it was, it was beautiful though, because it was like just some really soothing, wise advice. And I thought, I don't think that came from me personally, but you know, you always start to doubt yourself and you're like, oh, maybe it did, maybe it didn't. But I'm, I'm pretty sure that it, I don't know, it was someone 
saying that to me and it, it was very comforting at the time. Oh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, for sure. No, there's no question. And, you know, one of the things I always tell people, so I have a very simple way of suggesting that people channel. And I've been giving this for years and years and years at workshops and online. To get started, and this is something you could do, you know, three or four days a week to kind of get, get things moving. Take a piece of paper, or if you prefer to type, open a blank document on your screen and just write, what does my soul want to tell me today? Question mark. What does my soul want to tell me today? Question mark. And then clear your mind for a second, you know, do a few nice deep breaths and then just let words come to you that you just write down on the page. And the trick is to not judge it, to not try and read it as you're writing it, to just let it flow through you and do it for like a couple of minutes. Or if you've got loads coming, let it all fall onto the page. And when I invite people to do this at workshops, <laughs> you know, some people look excited because they're used to doing it. Some people look neutral and some people look horrified and slightly mad at me. But then it's amazing because people do it and afterwards, you know, and I've done this to big rooms, like some, you know, 500 people or more sometimes in some of the bigger rooms. And it's amazing when you hand the mic around to see what people's experience was, because some people burst into tears. Some people are amazed at what they what falls onto the page. And one of the things I always explain is your first question is going to be, am I making this up? And I always say, and the answer is always yes. And people go, oh, what do you mean? And I'm like, when I channel, I am also making it up. It doesn't mean I'm lying, which is what some of the critics will accuse you of. And it doesn't mean I'm pulling the wool over other people's eyes on my own, but I'm involved. I didn't suddenly get put into a trance by some, you know, being from the universe and I'm just a host body. I'm involved. I'm allowing this to happen. So yes, part of me is involved. Part of me is surrendering to allow this voice to hit my consciousness rather than uh, my own mental, you know, ideas. So I always say, don't worry about am I making it up? And secondly, it calibrates you to love at first. Mm. So it can be quite emotional because you don't normally speak to yourself in such a loving way. So at the beginning, I've noticed for some people, the messages can be quite simple and perhaps not as detailed as you want. Like, you know, you might say, I want to know why my sister was so difficult at the weekend. And they're like, well, maybe we'll, we'll get there with you in three months. But at first we're going to say, you are doing really well keep resting. You need rest at the moment. You know, it could be very sweet and soothing and that can be very emotional for us because we aren't used to speaking to ourselves that way in our own mind. So there is a period where your own mind has to kind of calibrate to allow that in. But then the more you practice it, the more profound it becomes. And at a certain point, you can start asking specific questions. So I never write, what does my soul want to tell me today anymore? but it's a great way to get in and not to always be so fixated on, well, I want to meet my guides. I've met some people who, I want to meet my guides. I want to speak to the angels. And I'm like, well, you might, but let's start with your higher self and mm. your soul, because we all have a higher self and a soul. Your guides and your angels are part of that realm. So let's just go for a slightly wiser, higher voice. And then it takes time to get used to having that voice be present. And very much like you, the Z's will impact me um, when I'm not talking to them or asking their advice, usually about six to 10 times a year. 
Um, sometimes it's not comfortable what they'll <laughs> say. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll warn me about something that's coming up in my life. You're going to be leaving this place in six months. And I'm like, huh, why? I want to, you know, and they're usually right. Then I go through life and things change and you're like, oh, okay. Um, but I love the message they gave you. Um, so they were helping your comparison mind, which we all have, mm. or our, you know, slightly lower self-esteem mind, whatever it is. Um, just rise above so that you could be neutral and empowered with that person. And you couldn't have had that happen to you if you hadn't done a certain level of work on yourself mm. to till the soil. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I want to talk about, you've got this beautiful new book out called Conversations with Disease and touching on what you mentioned before about oneness, because that is a topic that is spoken about within the book. And Firstly, I want to explain what oneness is because we hear it a lot in the personal development world, but why is it such a big part of, you know, making this world far more loving but also kind of accepting people for where they're at? Well, it's a good question. And I, when I first heard the word oneness, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, it was a bit amorphous to me. It sounds like a very, you know, kind of spiritual concept, but I didn't really get it. But the way I could probably best describe it is, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners have been to spiritual workshops, but maybe not everybody has. So let's think of a family that you either know of, or perhaps you're lucky enough to be in a family like this. And Think of a family of like five or six people at least, like a big, a biggish family or a bigger family where the needs of everybody are, are kind of taken care of, that the people in that family unit are looking out for you. Or if, if you can't, if you can't think of a family example of that, maybe a party you went to where the host and the way that they were hosting just created this really warm, loving vibe. And everyone who came through the door was welcomed and you were allowed to be different. You know, you were allowed to be a bit grouchy in the corner if you wanted, but you weren't punished for that. You weren't ostracized for that. You were allowed to be there and people were loving and kind and inclusive. So oneness plays out for us in a human group whenever there is like a thread of connection between us and your own personal desires are not dominating over others. I mean, a good example of someone who isn't in oneness is someone who goes to that party that's full of a lot of loving or connected people and thinks, right, I'm going to go to the buffet and I'm going to put a load of it in my handbag while I can. And I'm going to take some of it home. And mm, yeah, that man was very nice, but I don't want to talk to him because he's not going to give me a career opportunity. Someone who's in there trying to manipulate what they can get, they've probably had a terrible experience or a terrible example in their life, but now they have become that behavior that, that, that was sent their way. And if, you know, some people we've, we've learned are proven to be wired that way. It's not even, you know, nurture, it's nature for some, for some people. So oneness is really that spirit of community connection that the good of the whole is the good of you as well. And so it's a very hard state to live in permanently for us because it's not the way that we have been organized or educated as a society. 
So the more we practice oneness, the more we can practice loving kindness, which doesn't mean not having boundaries. You know, you can practice loving kindness, but also have a boundary to the person who wants to keep being abusive to you verbally. And in fact, that's how you can protect the oneness energy that you're developing. And then you find other people where you can grow that energy and it it creates a, a, a unity energy, which is why I use the example of spiritual workshops. Yes, people's wounds can come up at spiritual workshops, but in general, a good spiritual workshop that's well-led and attended by people with a group intention of heart and expansion, you get this really lovely energy in that room. And that's why a lot of people, I don't want to leave because this feels inclusive and supportive. And why isn't the world like this? You know, as we're all pushed out the door, you know, it's like, no, no, now you have to go and seed this in the world. That's your job. And so... That's how I kind of experience oneness. But they say that the qualities of oneness are compassion, connection, inclusiveness. You know, you think of all of the parts of you that you feel when you're in a higher state, Mm. when you're more able to give and love and feel free and things are flowing. They say these are the qualities of oneness. And so, yeah, there have been many pioneers over the centuries of this energy imprint for us. And they say that more and more of us are able to tap into it at this time, even though there is such a contrast for that playing out in the world that we've got these old ideologies and these old systems of control um, really trying to take over at the moment. And they say that's that's the battle that you're in uh, on, on the level of frequency on the planet. Consciousness is rising but therefore lower consciousness is also trying to, in some ways, put a stranglehold around that progress and that development. So we're in this very odd time where we're seeing consciousness rise, but also human control or the attempt around human control. So it's not an easy time to be alive. So oneness isn't something you can always uh, live in 24-7 unless you're in a scenario or a place or a group where that is sustained. Mm. And I think sometimes we give ourselves a hard time. We're like, oh, I'm spiritually regressing. And I'm like, <laughs> are you or are you just human? You know, you yes. just we we all go up and down and we have these expansive experiences. And then what happens is we have to come back and clean up our basement a little bit mm. because we hit this new level. So I've kind of learned that the ups and the downs are part of the journey. It's it's how you approach them as to how you really get to sustain more of the state that you would like to be in more of the time. It's so true. It just reminded me of a funny conversation that my girlfriend and I have sometimes. I think we're going backwards and <laughs> we've done this work and I think we're regressing and we're like, we're not because you can never go backwards in the sense of like, once you know it, you know it. And that is the foundation for everything, right? And because of life, life has dichotomies, good, bad, light, shade. That is life. That's our experience. That's why we're here. It's the, that feeling of oneness is beautiful. That's where we come from and we can get glimpses of that, but we're thrown into like the harsh reality of life, which is beautiful a lot of the time, but sometimes it's absolutely not. But yes, it is interesting because sometimes you do feel like you're going backwards and you've learned so much information and why is that happening? But your answer is really beautiful because I think it is hard for people sometimes when they've done a lot of work and they still come up against things to not understand why things are still bubbling within them. 
Yeah, and it's interesting, isn't it? Because this this has been such a tumultuous time, not just the last three years, but you know, I really think the last seven or eight years. You know, funny, my my guides. I was doing a workshop in London, and the Z's. This was like 2015, and the Z's said 2017 to 2024 are going to be very challenging years on the planet. But for many of you, they will be golden years in terms of your consciousness because you will figure out more who you are, more what you're here to do. You'll be more living a purpose that feels true to you, even as it becomes a difficult time on the planet. And you're going to see people get very emotional as well. And it's funny, isn't it? Because, you know, you, you think, oh, people are going to get more emotional. Woohoo, they're going to cuddle more and like be really nice to each other. And it's, you know, if you look at the level of fear and uh, division and judgment that we saw, which all stemmed from emotion in 2020 and was kind of force fed into us really by outer forces. And we were encouraged to divide and conquer and take sides. Yeah, it's been tricky. And I think for anyone who's sensitive or emotional, they feel those waves in themselves and in the outside world. But just going back to what you said, I remember when I was, you know, a a newbie as a spiritual student, I completely bought into the idea, as I think many of us did, you know, 26 years ago, 27 years ago, oh, we'll heal this and then it will be gone forever. Mm. And then at a certain point, I discovered shamanism and shamans talk about the spiral path. And I immediately identified with it because I was like, oh yeah, I'm spiraling through the stuff I went through with my eating disorders. It doesn't completely go away. It comes back around every now and then for a little visit and goes, hi, remember me? Do you want to try me on again? And I'm like, "Mm, no, the outfit feels a bit tight now. And they're like, oh, go on, just try me on and now go out in public and see how you feel. Oh, I don't feel very good, you know? And, And what I learned was, oh, I'm ready for another layer. I'm ready for another layer of the onion. I've matured enough and perhaps grown in some other areas that now it's time for me to try on this tight outfit again and see how can I how can I let this strangle me less now and I think the tricky thing is sometimes you're taught oh you can just you know get rid of the energy and it will go forever And and I love that idea but more times than not, I see a lot of people go into their own kind of internal hell because they've been sold that belief mm. and then they think they're doing something wrong. And I, I think healing is a journey that we're on all our life. It mm. doesn't mean it has to be painful. It has to be heavy. I think there's a phase for that. But I think healing can eventually become a little lighter because you've got more space inside you where you can go, oh, I'm processing this thing this week with my friend that's going on that's not easy. But I'm not so focused on it or so devastated by it that I can't also live my life. And so I I think there are little layers of onions coming off us all the time. And I think it's been intense this last few years because the dial has been turned up for Mm. all of us on living in a world we don't really recognize. Someone said to me, a very wise person said to me many years ago when I started to become far more conscious, you'll need to watch your thoughts till the day that you die. And I Mm -hmm. think that's so true because we learn to sort of become conscious in everything we say and we do and how we think, but you need to watch it because if Mm -hmm. you don't, then 
negativity can come in. We say things or do things that maybe we wouldn't normally do. And, you know, we can't be hard on ourselves if we do. But at the same time, we need to always be conscious of our actions and our words and our thoughts. It's true. And I I think a a really important piece I would add to that is Mm. don't spend time in self-judgment because I did that. And I see so many people in the spiritual community do that or the self-growth community. It's great that you want to be conscious and be in your higher mind, but the faster way you will get there is to also not kick yourself Mm. if you recognize you're not. I've seen a lot of people do that or use spirituality as a way to keep kicking themselves. And I'm like, it's not a contest and no one's grading you apart from you Mm. because your way of doing spirituality is going to be unique to you. You're the one doing the grading. So don't be so hard on yourself as a teacher, which I think for all of us takes a a while to learn. But the Z's always say the fastest way to stop your progress is to judge yourself. Yes. They say whenever you catch yourself judging yourself, see a big red stop sign because that's what you're doing. Mm. So what they say is celebrate when you notice you're judging yourself because that shows your mind is expanding beyond judgment. You're noticing you're judging yourself. So there's enough room in your mind, enough room in your higher mind and your awareness to lovingly notice what you're doing and hold space for you to change direction. I've heard you talk before about the laws of the universe and I find the laws quite interesting because it's, you know, a beautiful way to then lead your life. But I wonder what have you learned? What have the Z's taught you about the laws of the universe? Well, firstly, I don't know if I've ever spoken about the laws of the universe. I know they have. So (laughs) I only say that just because I don't feel qualified at this moment in time to give us a, you know, an an accurate pricey of what they've said, because they've said a lot over the years. The first things that hit me when you asked that question, just on a personal level, a few things that I've learned to notice, contraction before expansion. So often we can go through either a, a mini dark night of the soul or a feeling of real contraction. You know, when your energy gets tight, let's say it's a Monday and you feel really off. Oh God, I feel really bad. Why, why do I not want to show up for work? Why do I just want to hide? What's going on? Why am I so contracted? And then the next day, something amazing happens or two days later. And so I've, I've learned to notice this principle of contraction before expansion, before something good or big comes in, we can often pull back and, and retreat a little bit. Um, I think some of the principles I've already shared, laws of the universe that karma is something that we are working through, but not necessarily in the way that I used to believe karma was, Um, you know, not this punishing force. It's more that we have elected to come back and experience certain key themes or areas in our life that are not only useful for our growth, but what they say and this was the bit that I'd never thought about before they explained it to me. They said that all of you are living in inherited energy on the earth. So, you know, you as Sarah and me as Lee, if we were, if someone asked us, give a list of five qualities 
in yourself that you can see are beneficial to other people in the world and you and five qualities that you wish you could improve. We could list out our qualities and we might deeply own the negative ones and go, well, I'm a bit indecisive and I wish I could get over that. And basically what the Z's will say is, well, the reason you're indecisive is partly because you had a unstable childhood and indecision was your way of keeping yourself safe um, mm -hmm. in a very volatile household. So you didn't want to make the wrong moves. You just didn't make any moves. But they say also you elected to <laughs> inhabit the indecision energy template on the earth, which many people have. And as you learn to heal it, you're not only healing it for yourself in your personal journey, you become the formula in your energy field of indecision that has become conscious, effortless, graceful decision making. So it, it, they, they, the reason I share it that way is what I've started to understand is it's all way less personal than we think. And yes. that's coming from someone who uh, highly over-personalized stuff like years and years ago. And I'm like, oh, I don't even own this self-judgment because so many of us are walking around afflicted by this. And they say, yeah, there are energy templates that are ancient on the earth that you are cleaning up as you walk through the earth, or sometimes that you're creating energy that needs, that's going to need to be cleaned up either by you or by someone else, you know, and that's where being conscious of who you are helps create a cleaner life in a way, energetically at least. Although of course there are so many areas that we could all be doing so much better in. Yes. I mean, it's, there's a lot on the planet that needs rebalancing. So they always say, do the best you can. And Sarah, sorry, I don't know how much I've really talked about the laws of the universe, but, no, but that that's might be so something you can ask the Z's. Yes, well, I was just going to say, I'd love to hear from them if they have things to say to me and then maybe to the audience. That would be really beautiful and appreciated. Okay, so they may have an initial message and then at, and at some point they'll ask you for questions. Absolutely. Hmm. Good. Ha. A pleasure to be with you and to make your acquaintance, although this is not the first time we have met you in consciousness because you are one who is of cosmic frequency. Now, uh, for you, even though on an inner level you identify with your cosmic frequency, your mission in this lifetime is to bring cosmic frequencies to earth through healing and through love. So, Sarah, your mission is to, uh, what you might call in human terms, normalize healing and spirituality for those for whom it may be a little mm, different or out there or challenging. That's not to say that you do not excel with a high level of information, for you do. So that is why you attract uh, quite well-educated mm, 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 viewers or listeners when it comes to uh, the concepts of spirituality. But your mission and your focus is actually to be an ambassador of bringing healing and love to earth using the cosmic frequency of your soul. You are one who is quite stubborn, which is good. Uh, your stubbornness is not necessarily around defending your own opinion, but it is around, shall we say, mm, being driven to uh, bring experiences, information, knowledge uh, to others who may initially resist. So this stubbornness serves you well. And traditionally, we understand on earth that stubbornness is often seen as a negative. But we will say if stubbornness is used in the right way, 
It is actually a boundary and a driving force. And in your case, it is a good driving force. You are very good at being determined with what it is that you want to bring to the world. And so, of course, many of your greatest life challenges have been people who have challenged your determination, who have tried to undermine your mm, mm, choices, your ideas, your wisdom. So you, like many leaders on earth, have been challenged multiple times to see how solid your leadership really is. So you have manifested all kinds of relationships in your life that come along to test your belief in yourself, your belief in your own power. And you are no different to many of your listeners in that way or many on earth. So you see, empowerment is a tricky mm, energy to attain in yourself because many of you are so used to connecting to other humans and wanting to find the love with other humans. And we don't mean romantic love. We mean love with a child that you are a guardian of or a relative of or a friend to love with uh, another human that you enjoy being in company with or doing work with, love with a pet, love with the trees, love with nature. So you all enjoy connecting with others. And yet, there has to be a certain level of self-ownership. Otherwise, uh, you get into what you would call people-pleaser empath territory, where you merge so much with the needs of others. And for a while, perhaps that either keeps you safe or fulfills you. But at a certain point, you will start to notice a deficit in your own life and you will be asked to empower yourself. So for you, Sarah, uh, just using you as a specific example here, your journey around empowerment will continue to be tested, not because you need tests or because you are in any way regressive when it comes to your power. But as your power as a leader on earth rises, it will be tested. So parents are leaders, so the children will test them, especially as they grow. But those who are here designed for roles that affect many mm, thousands or tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, even millions, which is your design, uh, you will be tested all along the way to see if you will own who you are at every stage. And the reason you need to do that is because you are being guided and lit from within by your cosmic frequency as a soul. And if you get too involved with the other humans, animals, beings, elementals on the earth, and over-merge with them, over-attach um, to them, you start to lose your own cosmic frequency signal. And one of the things about you, Sarah, is you have developed uh, a beautiful way with love of others in your life. It feels very good to you to love others, and you have been able to lean into that more and more as you grow. And that feels beautiful to you. And yet, another part of you that is very important is you are relentlessly determined and single-minded, and you should be. Uh, not in every area of your life, and it's not to say you cannot be collaborative, because you can and you are. But when it comes to your work and your mission on Earth to bring this cosmic frequency of healing and light to Earth, you know that that's a journey you have to have the final say on. You have to take that journey alone. You have to lead. You often have to walk out ahead of everyone else, especially uh, those you are close to. And sometimes it's unnerving to turn around and see them all looking slightly nervous about where you're leading them. But you are of the kind that you get these downloads and you have to listen to them. You have to follow them. 
It is what you are here for. And your own personal life evolution will include an increase of those. This will uh, grow tenfold when your children are more grown. Uh, for um, anyone who is in a parenting role, uh, always uh, puts the growth of the child somewhat into their own growth until the child is of an age that they can be more independent. So for you, even though your intuition is growing very well and very nicely right now, it will start to go through the roof about a decade from now. And in the meantime, you will just continue to increase. Uh, so for you, there is a very, mm, we will say, determined and measured timing to your growth in life as a soul, as a being who is disseminating this work. And really, you are just at the beginning of what you are here to do. And uh, your beginning is beautiful and is enough, by the way. Uh, but you will grow in power as the years go on. Your heart will continue to heal from the love wounds that you have encountered over the years, uh, as uh, we could be saying this to anyone listening. So all of you will grow more and more into who you are, yes. But Sarah, it is good to use you as an example because uh, the reason your listeners are here is because they resonate with you, not so much the guests. Uh, they will only listen to one episode with a specific guest they like, if that's the case. But your listeners stay here because they identify with you. They recognize themselves as an aspect of you. Uh, and your frequency helps bridge them into the consciousness that they also experience. It is either comforting and reassuring to tune in on you, your wisdom, and perhaps some of the guests who appear, but it is also galvanizing. You see, when you listen to or connect with somebody who is of a like mind or a like soul, your mind or your perception might tell you, oh, this feels so nice to connect with someone. Well, yes, that is true. It is nice, but it's far more than nice. It's galvanizing. For when you are in the presence of a vibration that you also identify with, it lets you strengthen that vibration in yourself. You all learn through energetic osmosis. It is why you are deeply intuitive by nature. By nature, you are designed to be attracted to those that are of good resonance for you and to be less interested in or to walk away from those who are not of good resonance for you. And that doesn't need to be a judgment on people. If you were all living in a more unencumbered way on a mental and emotional level, you would be able to mm, move towards uh, those beings, people and places that you resonate with and move away from those beings, uh, people and places you don't resonate with, with ease and without judgment and without drama. But because as human beings, you have been asked to stuff yourselves down so small inside these glorious bodies of yours when your energy fields are designed to be vast, it gets complicated. It gets judgmental. It gets drama-fueled. It becomes the complicated human game. And those of you listening who recognize what we are saying as your past, who recognize that's how you used to experience life, celebrate that. You have moved to a wider, higher frequency in yourself. And while occasionally you may have these moments with people who bring them to your door, you can recognize you no longer want to live that way. You no longer need to live that way. Things can be a little easier and a little freer. So the last thing we will say specifically to you, Sarah, is uh, this work you do is an act of benevolence. You do this work very much from a place of wanting to give to others. And that is why you get a lot of loving reflection. 
you get a lot of gratitude coming back to you. For those who are experiencing what you do in the energy signature, they are appreciative of the oneness with which you mm, mm, drive this mission, even if they are unaware of all of the nuts and bolts that go into it, what you might call the hard work. But for you, the hard work is worth it because this is your mission and your purpose. Mm, we will uh, say one last thing before we go to your questions. We know many listeners are concerned about the state of the world at this time, and we will say what we have said for many, many years. Yes, the world is reaching a little bit of a boiling point when it comes to low frequencies, low vibrations, and human manipulation and control. Uh, very small groups are trying to do this. They aren't great in number, but they are great in influence and what you would call power on the planet. And this is the period of time where uh, we will say more of an energetic and people revolution will and is taking place. So uh, we would say to those of you who are a little concerned at what you are seeing, Watch closely over the next few years and you will start to see uh, the battle play out. It is not to say stick your head in the sand and don't worry about anything, particularly those of you who are here to be ambassadors of the truth and voices of what you might call resistance uh, to lower frequencies or any vibrations that would try and further entrap or enslave humanity. Uh, but what we will say to you is, Focus on the places, the people, the things that are generating new life, new ways of being, new consciousness on earth, because you focusing on those will not only galvanize them in yourself, you will help to support those uh, endeavors, those beings who are creating those things. Remember the galvanized principle we just shared with you. It is galvanizing for all of you to focus on creating a better future for this planet, even if at times you feel bombarded and oppressed by some of the more negative forces on the earth or some of the more negative agendas that are at work. This was always going to be this period of history. So even though for some of you it is a shock and it is a little alarming or a little scary, that is why you need to be able to work with your emotions. For fear can be your downfall. Fear is easily manipulated and you saw that in the year of 2020. So it is very important to know yourself uh, mentally, emotionally, and also to align as much as you can with your bodies and give yourselves uh, enough of a, mm, we will say, support to live a open life to the best of your ability in whatever circumstances you can create for that level of openness. And that is the way forward uh, to keep asking yourself, do I feel open to be me? Do I feel open to express myself? What is the next area where I can create openness? Or who is the next person to spend time with because they are a wonderful example of openness for me and I learn from them? Or what is the next thing I need to listen to for that? You can jump from lily pad to lily pad where consciousness is concerned. You just have to keep seeking it. And the more of you who seek it, the more you will naturally grow it. Why do you think so many of you who are students of spirituality, or as Lee would call it, self-growth, end up doing this work? It is not necessarily uh, because mm, you just liked it so much. You were always destined to do it. The reason you were gravitating towards it, you thought at first was personal healing, but actually it was personal alignment. 
Lee always used to say to people that he realized that workshop rooms were some of the happiest days of his life. And that was way before he ever thought this could possibly be work he would do. Well, that is going to be true for many of you. Many of you listening right now, you are just fortifying yourselves before you go out there into the world and continue to spread this work. And it doesn't have to look the way Sarah is doing it or the way Lee is doing it. It will look your way. And you may simply do it through conversations door to door with the people in your world. Already, those of you who are aware of all of this, you are seeding consciousness through the way you listen, the way you speak, the things you say, what you insert into a conversation. Your energy field carries this. So, of course, there will be some people who are resistant to your energy field because they are resistant to this level of consciousness, but there will be many who are open to it. So keep going where you are welcome and finding those tribe members with whom you feel you can amplify rather than those where you feel you have to modify or suppress yourself. Good. Now we will go to your questions. I would like to know what do the Zs think is the best practices to do if someone's looking to grow in their personal development spiritual world? Well, uh, we would say keep exposing yourselves to areas where your heart uh, feels more open, where you feel uh, good. So often there is this slightly punishing approach to spirituality or self-development. There are sometimes people who believe it has to be hard and it has to be painful. And actually, no, that's not the truth. We are not saying that sometimes uh, you are not having to go through some discomfort as you create a new discipline in your life. But if it is hard or painful, then you have just found a new excuse to play out the energy of things are hard and things are painful through the guise of spirituality. And remember, there are certain religions uh, where this is instilled. Not all. And of course, there are wonderful uh, ministers and leaders in certain areas of religion around the world who do not ascribe to that punishing model. But we would say, find those areas of spirituality or self-growth, those activities that light you up from the inside. And many of you are a bit confused because you think, well, I don't know what it's like to be lit up. And we will say, you won't always get to joy or ecstasy quickly. But first, look for peace, look for calm, look for stability. So if you have been depressed for a long time, saying, I just want to feel joy and happiness is all well and good, but recognize you won't go from depressed to joy and happiness. First, you have to move from depressed to balanced, still, calm. Because depression, even though we are aware for some it is a chemical imbalance, it leaves you feeling disconnected from life, from the universe, from the world. It can pull you into yourself. So before you are ecstatically joyous or happy, you have to learn how to just gently bring yourself back out to be in a place of calm, balance, or peace. So everything is a scale. And we would say to you, any spiritual or self-growth practice or activity or area that makes you feel at least a little expanded in yourself, in your heart, in your mind, connected. These are the areas to go. And do not think that what works for your friend will work for you. That is its own kind of illusion. There will be different things for you and different things for others. That is why so many different modalities and routes to connection exist. It's why there are so many spiritual voices on the planet whom are models or leaders or voices for you. You will not resonate with everyone, but you will find the ones you do resonate with and you will keep collecting them as you go. We highly encourage 
the a little of everything model. You are multidimensional beings. So unless you find a spiritual path that feels like you should devote yourself to it singularly for a long time, for whatever reason, we would always recommend finding different ways to experience your spiritual self in life. And experiencing your spiritual self is what you need to find. Not more knowledge, experiences that you actually feel an uplift or an expansion or an openness move through your body as a result. That is what you are seeking. And that is why you are seeking. I'd love to ask as well, people that worry a lot about just things in life, like it might be money, it might be a career, it might be a partner. How do they best say we should deal with worries? Well, firstly, worry is anxiety. So uh, Mm. worry is a form of anxiety. And so if you are someone who repetitively worries, it's good to go straight to the source of the anxiety and look at anxiety as a theme in your life and start studying what uh, techniques, what knowledge, what wisdom is out there, what help for anxiety. Where did this anxiety come from? Was I anxious as a child? Perhaps there's someone I can ask these questions of if I don't remember. Uh, Is anxiety a pattern I inherited in my family? So some of you will take on energies around things such as money, for example, because a parental imprint was so strong So let's say you had a father who was endlessly worrying about money and uh, you were a little reckless with your money one time and it deeply upset him. Perhaps at that moment, the impact of the way he was upset at you was so mm, triggering or disarming for you that you decided that in order to avoid being hit by him in that energy way again, you would start worrying about money too. You would no longer act in a free or a reckless way as he told you you were reckless. So you took on the imprint of his energy field because he was not willing to allow you to do anything different. He wanted to protect his fear around money. And so anything that you were doing that might have led him away from that, you were punished for or stopped around. So sometimes you take on these imprints because of your influence when you were young. Other times you take on these imprints because it's part of your composition. Some people come in with more anxiety than others. So we would say, Never uh, spend too much time on the subject matter itself. Notice your patterns and your habits. Some of you uh, will know yourself quite well at this point. And if you know that a tendency for you is to get anxious when you are tired, overwhelmed, overworked, too many demands you have put on yourself, it would be very good for you to let go of that and to start to look at anxiety as an energy in you and what your relationship to it is so that you can start to put a bit more space around it rather than being held hostage by it or becoming it every time it triggers in you and it tries to find an outside source to attach onto, project onto and obsess over. Wow. And there's a question that I always ask people at the end. So I'm going to ask the Z's instead of Lee. (laughs) What is a life of greatness to you? A life of greatness for us is a life where you connect and flow and experience the beauty, the wonder and the wisdom of the earth to a high degree every day of your life. A high degree will be different for all people. For some, a high degree will be for two or three hours a day. But of course, the more you experience it, the more it grows in your energy field. So 
your reason for being here is to see what high octave you can experience as a human being. And all of you come in with different levels and layers you are working with. Some of you are born into very difficult places on the planet, very problematic areas. Some of you less so, but you all choose before you arrive based on the themes and the experiences that you want to have. And the level of consciousness that you are seeding, or perhaps you come back to clean certain things up in your life. So for us and our perspective, what we would see as a life of greatness for a human being is a life that includes a lot of feeling connected to other beings, to nature, to animals, to your purpose, or to all of the above. Being able to sense the mystical and the spiritual on earth because that is very fulfilling. And we will say there are some spiritual skeptics on earth who say they do not believe in any of this codswallop, but they adore the experience of fishing. And they go out there and they stand there for hours and they are in a silent meditation. It's not even about catching fish for them. It is about the silent meditation they experience. So they may not call that spiritual, but they are communing with nature, communing with themselves and connecting to stillness in a way that nothing else gives them that in their life. So we would say a life of connection, a life of flow, and a life where you get to experience the best frequencies that earth has to offer and allow space in your mind, your body, your heart for those to show up and appear for you with some regularity. Lee Harrison, the Z's, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. It's been an absolute honour and privilege to have this conversation. Good. In peace and in love from us, we will leave and return you to Lee. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you very much. It's been an honour to meet you and be here and lots of love to everyone listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, then I'd love you to join my community on Instagram at Sarah Grimberg, where we post videos and behind-the-scenes footage of each recording. You can also join my private Facebook group, Live Your Life Greatly, where we discuss the content in this episode and many more as well as give advice and tips on how to live a life of love and meaning. To purchase my manifestation course and meditations, head to the shop tab at sarahgrimberg.com or this week's episode show notes to find a link. If you love what you heard, we'd love you to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app and leave a five-star review. It will help us share this wisdom with others. Listener.